0: God bless us, everyone. The immortal words of Tiny Tim as he blesses the food at the Christmas dinner in Charles Dickens's story, A Christmas Carol. Words echoed again at the end of the story. A blessing. But the question for me is, what really is a blessing? How do we define what it means to be blessed? How do we bless? The words that we use uh, have importance, they have meaning, but often what happens for us is that they they lose significance, it becomes a habit. And as we, in this Advent, have been looking at various different aspects of the beginning of Jesus coming into the world, I want to look today at the whole concept of blessing, just briefly. Because in Luke chapter 1, we have Mary visiting Elizabeth, and when she comes into her presence, um, Elizabeth, who's also pregnant, her baby, she says, leapt in her womb, and, she, and, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaims, blessed are you among women, and blessed is this child that you will bear. And then Mary responds to the rest of what she has to say, being the favored one. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord has said to her, will be accomplished. And then Mary bursts into song, and she says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my in God my Saviour. From now on, she says, All generations will call me blessed. It's significant. There's something seriously important going on here. And we've got Zechariah uh uh blessing God for um the birth of his son. Simeon we have in chapter two with the parents coming into the temple. Moved by the Spirit, he, 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 he takes the baby in his arms and praises God. And then he blessed them and said to Mary, the mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. This whole concept of blessing, what is it to be blessed? How are we blessed? How do we bless? How does God bless us? In some senses, this whole concept of blessing has become almost a habit, like a punctuation. We know that God blessed Abraham. We know that David blessed God. And we've said now that God is blessed by Zechariah. Mary is identified as blessed. Jesus blesses the children. We pray a blessing over the meal. It's almost an unthinking reflex. We say gesundheit or bless you when someone sneezes. Parents bless their children. We, we pray a blessing at the end of a, a service. We say it, we do it, but what does it really mean? And I want to just toss in here uh, a thought. If I, if I said that I've been thinking about uh, blessing and I defined it as the fact that we are not left where we are. Let me say that again. Blessing is not being left where you are and i think that uh as we go through this particular uh reflection i want us to understand that it's not just getting good things it's the fact that we are confronted about where we are and moved to somewhere else interestingly the psalms begin with um blessing blessed is the man that's the how, that's the word that that kicks off the whole of the psalter um we must understand i think that the first two psalms almost are the introduction to the 148 that follow and it's interesting the first word is blessed and the last verse of psalm 2 is about blessing it's it it's the kick-off point if you like for all the stuff that follows in in the psalms the same concept Jesus obviously is is soaked in the Psalms and their meaning and their significance and their beauty, but when he starts to preach, when he comes uh, and starts to set out his manifesto, if you like, um, in Matthew we have all the uh, stuff that's going on and people, but his first sermon, which we call the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, begins with blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are, he He sets out a manifesto almost in terms of what it means to be blessed. He kicks off with, this is what it looks like to be blessed. And it's perhaps slightly different to what we would regard as what it means to be blessed. When we look at ourselves, we, we tend to see it very um, selfishly, um, Self in a self-focused kind of way. But when you look at these blessings from Jesus and the Beatitudes, it should give us pause that that's what it means to be blessed. It looks like this. And I think that um, we've been tinged by the kind of world that we live in in Western Christianity to think it's just to be more comfortable. It's not that at all. As I said at the beginning, I think it's this, that we are not left where we are, that we are taken beyond ourselves into a place, a larger place, a place of freedom, of joy. And so um, I need to say, I think, that very often what it means to be blessed by God, that blessings are linked to God's promises. So for example, in Luke 6, Uh, verse 38, he says, um, give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, poured into your lap, it will overflow. And like in Acts where uh, Paul um, quotes Jesus at that point actually, where he says it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's a sense of this linking of God's promising to do stuff with us and for us and that that's the blessing. Or as we understand, um, even when we reflect on the uh, passage that we read just a few minutes ago from Luke 1, where Mary regards herself as blessed, it's as um, an understanding that, that Jesus coming, his being incarnated, it's Jesus himself that is the blessing. So that's how we need to frame this and understand it. Paul, even um, just having mentioned Paul, when you get to a, pl- a place like a letter that he writes to the Ephesians, I'm always, I always love that first chapter of Ephesians because it's like one explosion of a sentence. It's this rambling, long sentence where he pours out all the excitement of what he knows to be what God has for us. And after the initial greeting, um, he says grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, it's almost at that point as if he can't contain himself and he erupts into this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms or in the heavenlies with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You can't read that with a monotone There's this explosion of him, bless, bless, bless. That's how he starts. That's how he starts this letter to the Ephesians. As the Psalms start, as Jesus starts, he starts with blessing. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenlies with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And the next three chapters roll out all the stuff that has happened, all these blessings that God has blessed us with. And then at the end of chapter 3, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You can hear almost Paul yelling this out as the uh, scribe writes it down for him. And the whole of Ephesians essentially is an exploration, an outworking of this whole understanding of the fact that we are blessed in Jesus. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing that you can imagine. Now, how do we look at this? I think um, today I want to just go back to a psalm that we've looked at fairly recently, Psalm 23, because I think it encapsulates all of this. And The understanding that we are not left where we are. Blessing is not being left, but being taken further along. And so you know the psalm exceptionally well. I'm not going to read the entire psalm now, but it's this um, psalm who is centered on the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And as we read and as we begin to look at the psalm, we get the understanding that... um, it's the shepherd who is central. Um, it's the single image of God being present, that he is good, and that life is a miracle that brims with beauty and love. The shepherd we will not want. He makes us lie down. He leads us beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There is this abundant um, imagery of everything being safe, secure, and held. Then at the center of that uh, um, uh, six verses, verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of deep darkness, right in the in the center of this beautiful psalm, um, we are introduced to a dark cloud, if you like, the shadow of death. And it doesn't matter how you see the shadow of death, whether it's actual death or or the things that it brings—the sense of the little deaths that happen to us through the life that we live, whether it's divorce, domestic violence, uh, uh, economic hardship, homelessness, um, uh, ill health, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we we live in this. Uh, juxtaposition of the of the great shepherd in the shadow of death, in this particular life, until we are taken up to be with him. And it's interesting that the first half of Psalm twenty three, that Lord is my shepherd, to that who, who he makes me, he leads me, he restores my soul, he guides me. The good shepherd doing all of these things. That first half, the image of the shepherd with the flock is because the sheep themselves are actually quite stupid. And we understand that Jesus is the great shepherd. Um, John ten eleven says to us that Jesus is the good shepherd. the The good shepherd does all of these things for his sheep. And the sheep actually, who we are, are essentially quite stupid and often wander mindlessly into places where it is quite dangerous. And the rod and staff that are there to comfort us in this valley of the shadow are there because we are too stupid sometimes to see exactly what's going on beyond our, our noses. Um, there are threats to us all around us. Um, it's the good shepherd who leads and guides and disperses these threats. That's the blessing of being in Christ. That is the understanding that there is the shepherd who has our well-being at heart. The second part of the psalm shifts slightly, and the imagery in the second half of the psalm exchanges the image of sheep for that of the uh, desert fugitive. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil; my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The imagery here is that in the ancient desert culture, if you committed a serious crime uh, and you were in danger of your of your life, you ran, you fled to the uninhabited desert, just as you you obviously know that Moses did when. Um, he murdered that uh, man and he runs to the desert and the desert was known as the home of the fugitive a horrible home a home that had fear and danger and certain death but there was one huge exception to the unfriendly hostile environment of the desert for this man who would have been hunted down and who um yeah who who was in in danger it was the custom of open hospitality that shepherds had in the desert. Every wanderer in the desert, whatever his character or his past, was received into the shepherd's tent as a guest of God, which it's an Arabic term, the guest of God, and furnished with food and kept inviolate. The shepherd acted as host and took responsibility for this person's safety for their watering, their food. And if you reflect back into some of the situations, that's exactly how Moses met his Um, father-in-law. It's even today, apparently in Bedouin cultures, that still exists. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That's the fugitive speaking. He's welcomed into the shepherd's tent. In the presence of his enemies, he served a meal. In the shepherd's tent, he is safe. The reason for saying, for, for saying all of this and to, to use this imagery of Psalm 23 is because when you look at it, it's not just the gentle things of green pastures and um, not wanting and quiet waters and restored soul. And guidance. That is part of it. But the other part of it is that when we are broken and on the run, when we are in hostile territory, the shepherd opens the tent and again blesses us in a different way with the security of a table, anointing our head with oil. In other words, we are welcomed into the presence and goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. So there there is this Double-sidedness, in a way, to the blessing. And that's what I said right at the beginning. I've been reflecting on this thing of what does it mean to be blessed. And I think I'm throwing out for us to discuss this. The definition definition of blessing is that we are not left as we are or where we are. We are brought further on by God. He says, you're accepted, you are great, but let's not leave you there. Let's bless you let's move you on and that moving on isn't only that we receive the goodness and the and the grace and the peace it's not just lying down in green pastures and quiet waters it's not just the gifting of good things to make us feel comfortable it's that we are not left unaware of our own culpability and need like the fugitive like the person who's in a hostile environment in the shadow of death in some way, we're actually confronted and not allowed to continue in the deception that we're okay, that our brokenness, our sin, our hurt, our anger, our greed, all of those things are not going to be dealt with. We're not left with blindness or in ignorance of our sin. The blessing isn't just papering over the cracks, as it were, and saying, there, there, here, have some good things but we are, so so the, so the blessing is not just addition, it's also subtraction. It's dealing with these things. It's a way out of all the brokenness. Jesus is our shepherd, who his rod and his staff, who in a sense are disciplinary things. Those are the things that protect us. The angular things that come into our worlds, that wake us up and allow us to see, I think are part of the blessing, pushing us beyond our comfort because we can easily atrophy and um, withdraw and become too insular and safe. It's the sun who sets us free to live with that kind of joyous freedom of abandonment in the actual freedom that the shepherd gives us. Think about it the definition of blessing is that we are not left as we are or where we are but in Jesus we move to a place of fulfillment and fullness as we end just a a, a more personal note perhaps i remember when i was uh, it was part of my ordination service and i thought what would i really want um and there were a whole lot of things happened and Right at the end, someone said, I'd like to uh, pray this prayer. And then they came and they read Numbers uh, 6 from verse 24 to the end. It was the one thing that I had really asked God that they would pray over me. It's part of uh, the Lord speaking to Moses, where he says to um, Moses, speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way that you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them this. This is how you bless the sons of Israel. And then he proceeds to say to them. This is the Lord saying to Moses. Say this to Aaron and his sons. And this is what it says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Those are the New American kind of languages, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. In other words, he turns to you and he gives you everything that is his and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you peace. He makes you prosper in everything. And so as we reflect on this, this blessing, which is first of all, a declaration, I suppose, a recognition of what is. Uh, it's also an invocation, I, I think, of invoking and calling, summonsing what might be. But it's also a bestowal. It's also a giving. So let's, as we reflect on this thing of what it means to be blessed, remember what I think of the definition, and let's talk about that, That it's that blessing is that we are not left as we are or where we are. And then let me just pray this over us as we come to meet this coming Sunday. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen.